This episode was made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. For more information, please visit patreon.com slash author Chris Lester. I strive to make this podcast a safe and inclusive place for my listeners. If I've missed any content warnings, please let me know. Content warnings for this episode include strong language and mature themes, including classism and references to emotional abuse by a parent. You're listening to The Raven and the Writing Desk, the weekly podcast about the writings of Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. This is episode 327. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to The Raven and the Writing Desk. I'm Chris Lester, the creator of the Metamore City Story Universe. You can learn more about me and my work at chrislester.org and metamorecity.com. This is the show where I share my fiction with you. I'll also tell you what's new with my life and my writing. But first, let's get to this week's story. Today I'm bringing you Chapter 10 of Honor Bound by L.C. Williams. If you're new to the show, go back to Episode 318 to hear this story from the beginning. The following recap will contain spoilers. Honor in Bellevue has just had her very first sexual encounter, courtesy of House Hassan guard Natasha Volkova. Natasha had mistaken Honor for a pickpocket, preying on the guests of the debutante's ball, and had taken her upstairs to her quarters in order to keep her from causing any trouble. Natasha's commanding personality had touched on Honor's submissive side, a part of her that had been stoked for hours by lascivious visions, thanks to an apparent enchantment or curse on her mother's amulet. Then again, maybe that was just teenage hormones. When Natasha put the amulet around her own neck, she didn't see any visions at all. But in the privacy of her bedroom, the guard was more than happy to bring some of Honor's fantasies to life. After coaxing Honor to three shuddering orgasms in quick succession, Natasha announced that she needed to go back to work. But she also needed to make sure that her little thief didn't get into any more mischief, so she planned to tie the girl to her bed. Later, she promised she would bring her some food, and then they could play some more when Natasha's duties were over. In the morning, Natasha would let her go. No charges, no police. Natasha thought this was a good deal for everyone involved. But the prospect of being trapped in a commoner's bedroom and missing the ball was more than Honor was willing to put up with, no matter how amazing Natasha had made her feel. She asked if there was any way she could convince Natasha that she wasn't a thief. Natasha offered a compromise. She would return Honor to the leader of her noble house, but Natasha would hold on to the amulet for tonight. If no one came forward and complained that their necklace had been stolen, then Natasha would return it to Honor the next morning. Honor accepted the bargain, but she wasn't happy about it. She was pissed that this lowly guard was daring to confiscate her property, a precious gift from her own mother. Summoning all the dignity her noble training could give her, Honor told Natasha her full name, and asked her to return her to Lord Bellevue right away. For Natasha, the change in Honor's demeanor was just as infuriating. All of a sudden, the cute, playful submissive had gone cold, 
high-handed and imperious. Natasha concluded that Honor had staged the whole encounter from the beginning, acting suspiciously in order to draw the guard's attention, then turning submissive and flirty, and then dropping the whole act after she'd gotten what she wanted from Natasha. Natasha felt manipulated and used, and there was nothing she could do about it. No one would ever believe her word over a member of the nobility. She was trapped. So it was that both of our heroines were feeling sullen and ill-used, as Natasha coolly helped Honor back into her clothes. Just as they were about to leave the bedroom, though, Natasha's friend Irene came to the door. One of the debutantes was missing. Irene had been told that Natasha detained a thief, but Irene thought they were actually kidnappers. Irene's explanation was cut short as Honor stepped into view. Honor calmly explained that this had all been a terrible misunderstanding, and she would like to return to the ball now. Irene looked back and forth between Honor and Natasha, her eyes wide. "'Oh, Nat,' she said, her voice trembling. "'Nat, honey, what did you do?' Honor Bound, The House of Bellevue, Book One, written by L.C. Williams, narrated by Vivian Ferrari. Chapter Ten, Not Today. They went down the grand staircase this time, rather than the servants' passage. Lord Bellevue was waiting at the bottom of the stairs and his face broke into obvious relief as he spotted Honor. The Irambian guard, Irene, walked at her side, ready to catch her if she lost her balance, but Honor kept one hand on the railing and descended with slow, careful dignity. Natasha did not come with them. Irene had sent her to speak with the captain of the guard. Honor did not envy her the conversation. "'There you are, my dear,' father cried, he opened his arms and caught her in an embrace as soon as she reached the floor, heedless of her dress or her hairdo. Are you all right? When you didn't come back, I was so worried. I'm fine, Honor said, in the most soothing tone she could manage. It was all a misunderstanding. I was never in any danger. Well, thank all the gods for that, Father said. He drew back and looked her up and down, then frowned at her bare neck. What happened to your amulet? For an instant, Honor thought about telling him that Natasha had stolen it. She would get her amulet back right away, and she wouldn't have to worry about whether the woman would keep her word. It would serve her right for treating Honor like a thief. But, no, that wasn't fair. The woman had only been doing her job, and if Honor were honest with herself... What she had been doing in the bathroom had looked rather suspicious. Honor would give her until tomorrow morning, as she had said she would. Her heart might be as twisted and perverse as her mother's, but by all the gods she would not be an oath-breaker on top of it. My honor is the only thing I have that is truly mine. And besides, Natasha had given Honor a time to remember. The things she had done with her hands... Honor's heartbeat quickened again, just thinking about it. She deserved a little mercy for that, at least. It's in a safe place, Honor said. 
I'm afraid it was causing me some discomfort. Oh, that's a shame, father said. Well, I suppose you aren't really used to jewelry. He frowned back up at the top of the stairs. Where on earth did they take you, and why? Honor laid a gentle hand on his upper arm. It doesn't matter, father. I'm all right, and I would dearly like to return to the ball, if I may. Of course, of course, father said. I had a plate set aside for you when you didn't return for dinner. I fear some of it may have gone cold by now. Honor beamed up at him. I am sure it will taste delicious, all the same. Natasha stood at attention in Captain Hansen's small office, trying to ignore the trickle of sweat running down her forehead. The bear morph paced behind his desk, flexing his claws in agitation. He was probably imagining how he would like to use them on Natasha. So, Volkova, he said, his voice deceptively calm. I have had the house guard searching the grounds for the last quarter of an hour, looking for the Lady Honor. Would you care to explain what she was doing in your bedroom? Natasha took a deep breath, in and out. Just before dinner, I see girl moving through crowd in what I think is suspicious manner. She seems to be hiding something in folds of dress, and she is heading for exit to East Hallway. I follow and see her enter washroom, so I wait. She is inside, perhaps five minutes. Then she sends Lizzie out into hallway. I ask Lizzie why. She says girl cannot piss with someone listening. So I wait. Five more minutes, and now I am very suspicious. I go inside and find she is not using toilet. She has cut off part of underskirt and sewn hidden pocket to inside of petticoat. Captain Hansen stopped pacing. He drew out his chair and slowly sank into it. He squinted up at Natasha. A noblewoman cut up her own underwear to make a pocket. Natasha returned his gaze evenly, lifting her eyebrows. It was very strange, sir. The captain stared at her a moment more, then apparently decided it was too ridiculous to be anything but the truth. What happened then? Natasha shrugged. She is holding petticoat behind her, so I ask to see it. Inside, I find piece of jewelry, butterfly necklace. I ask her where she get it. She says it is from her mother. I ask why she is not wearing it. She makes up crazy story about how amulet is cursed, so she must take it off and cut up her own clothes to make this pocket. I ask her why she does not give it to someone with pockets to hold for her. She has no answer. Natasha shook her head, irritated once more at the girl's stupid, pointless string of lies. So, now I am thinking she is obviously thief and has taken necklace from someone at party. I think she is party crasher, da? So I take her upstairs to keep out of trouble. To your own bedroom, the captain said. She spread her hands and shrugged. Is quiet, and if she is thief, she will find it hard to escape. 
<sighs> Captain Hansen sighed. He rubbed the bridge of his muzzle like he was getting a headache. You said to detain anyone suspicious, Natasha offered. I said to be discreet, Volkova, Hansen snapped. Yashua, do you not know what discreet means? A pit formed in Natasha's stomach. She swallowed down the gorge in her throat. Apparently not, she said softly. Hansen scoffed. He opened his mouth, closed it, turned and stared at the corner of the ceiling as if seeking guidance. When he spoke again, his voice was pitched low and soft. Volkova, you have a reputation around here for certain... predilections. Natasha frowned. What is... predil... You like to fuck girls, Hansen said bluntly. They say you like them short, sweet, cute, and innocent-looking. Natasha considered this. Is possible I have type, she admitted. You have a type, Hansen agreed dryly. Now, what do you think it looks like when the short, sweet, cute, innocent-looking Lady Honor is found alone in your bedroom with you? Natasha lowered her head, stared down at her boots. It looked exactly like what it was, of course. She had fucked Lady Honor, and the girl had thanked her for it. But even Natasha knew that was the wrong thing to say. I can see what people would think, she said carefully. I should bloody well hope so, Hansen growled. Even if nothing happened, people will talk about it. They'll say one of Duke Hassan's guards is fucking noblemen's daughters during the God's damned debutante's ball. And you have no alibi, because like a bloody simpleton, you locked yourself in there alone with her. Natasha winced. Yes, in retrospect, that seemed like a very stupid decision. But you were thinking with Pista again, she scolded herself. Pista always has bad ideas, yet you always listen. You at least returned her necklace, I take it? Hansen asked. For half a second, Natasha froze. In point of fact, there hadn't been time for that after Irene had found them. Honor had not mentioned the necklace in front of the other woman, and Natasha hadn't been about to raise any more questions by opening her shirt and pulling it out. She did not think she would make matters any better for herself by pulling it out now. Besides, she and Honor already had an agreement on when the necklace would be returned, and that was no business of Captain Hansen's. So she looked up and met the captain's eyes squarely. I am not thief, she growled. Hansen returned her gaze for a long moment, then nodded. Good. As of this moment, you're not a guard, either. Natasha stared at him, a chill running all the way through her. What? You're too great a liability, Hansen said. To his credit, he didn't look like he took any pleasure in saying it. You've made some pretty big mistakes before, but this? He shook his head. 
I can't have the highborn thinking their girls aren't safe at Hassan Manor. She was perfectly safe, Natasha protested. I have never hurt my lovers. Never. The idea that anyone could think she was like Major Rutgers made her skin crawl. But Hansen had shuddered visibly at the word lovers. That's not what I meant, Volkova. Nobles are... They're not like us. If you're a commoner, you're better off thinking of them as... as a different species. If you'd had sex with that girl, it would have been like... like she'd been fucked by a dog or something. She'd have been... polluted in the eyes of her people. Natasha shot him an incredulous look. I know ten different maids here who have been fucked by noblemen and I have only worked here six months. These gentlemen, are they polluted? It's not the same, Hansen said. Why not? Natasha demanded. Hansen sighed and rubbed the bridge of his muzzle again. It just isn't. Pack your things and turn in your uniform, Volkova. I want you gone first thing after breakfast. I'll have your pay ready for you then. He gestured toward the door, dismissing her. Natasha stood there for a long moment, fuming. Hansen did not look up at her again. Finally, she turned, yanked the door open, and stalked out. The other guards on duty averted their eyes as she stomped upstairs to the dressing room. She ripped off her uniform, piece by piece, and threw it all in the waste bin. It wasn't as if it would fit anyone else. She still wore Honor's amulet against her skin, the metal butterfly a spot of warmth in the middle of her chest. For a moment, her fingers traced lightly over the loops of metal, ran across the smooth surface of the cabochon stone. She left it on. She was going to keep her word to Lady Honor, and that meant she was not letting the necklace out of her sight. If anyone gave her a hard time about wearing something so feminine, she would happily kick their teeth in. She stalked down to the showers, which were empty. Everyone else was still down at the ball. She stripped out of her undergarments and went to her usual spot at the back of the room. She turned the knob as hot as it would go and stuck her head under the spray, letting the water course over her. This might be her last hot shower for a while, and she intended to make the most of it. It wasn't the being fired that made her angry, not really. She'd been struggling here for the last six months, if she were honest with herself. If this had been about her mistaking Lady Honor for a thief, or about leaving her post for too long, or some other real error in judgment, then that would be fair enough. In the army, when you fucked up, you faced consequences, and mostly they made sense. But Natasha wasn't being fired for any of that. No, the thing House Hassan couldn't tolerate, the sin they could not forgive— was that she had dared to give pleasure to a noblewoman. Never mind all the gentlemen who fucked their way through the hired help. If she, a commoner, fucked a lady, then that was somehow wrong and filthy and perverse. Hansen's words echoed in her memory. Like she'd been fucked by a dog. Like Natasha was less human than all the horse people and fox people and rat people who ruled this god's forsaken city. A sob escaped from her lips, 
and it caught Natasha by surprise. With all the water running over her face, she hadn't even realized she was crying. She felt ashamed of herself. Wretched, broken, and used up. A failure in every area of her life. Just like father said you would be. She thought back to the last time she'd seen that awful man. She could still hear the hateful words he'd thrown at her as she'd walked off their farm for the last time. You stupid, selfish, ungrateful cow. You think because you are big as oxen, it means you are grown? You are still silly little girl who cannot see she needs man to look after her. You leave me now, you will have no one. You will end up dead in ditch somewhere, and no one will care enough to even bury you. Natasha's hands closed into fists. She resisted the urge to punch the tile wall in front of her. She did not need to add to her troubles with a broken hand. Instead, she took a deep breath, in and out, and repeated the words she had said a thousand times since she left home. Not today, father. Today, I live. She finished washing, toweled off, and went back to her bedroom naked. She didn't see anyone else on the way, and wouldn't have cared if she had. She climbed into the too small bed and pulled the covers tight around her. A sliver of moonlight fell through the window. In it, she saw the coil of rope she had pulled out for honor, still laying on the bed where she had left it. Natasha pulled it under the covers with her. She cradled it against her chest, half curled on her side, and imagined what might have been, what they might have shared, if Honor had been who she'd seemed to be. You will have no one. Not today, father. Tonight, she would sleep. In the morning, she would pack her things, eat one last hot meal, collect her wages, and go deliver the necklace to Lady Honor. And after that, well, time would tell. Delivering the necklace probably wasn't the smartest choice, she reflected. She could pawn it in one of the seedier parts of town, use the cash to start over somewhere else. The diamonds alone would fetch enough money for a train ticket to anywhere on the continent. Honor would report her to the police, of course, but Natasha would be long gone by the time they retraced her steps. The police would probably even recover the necklace, and Lady Honor would lose nothing but a few days' inconvenience. It was the least the girl deserved, after what she had cost Natasha. But, no. Natasha had given her word, and whatever her other faults, a promise still meant something to her. If she went back on that, then she would be every bit as worthless as her father said she was. Not today, father. Not today. Natasha closed her eyes and felt a quiet, soothing warmth seep through her chest. That night, she dreamed vividly of Lady Honor, naked and bound tightly to her bed, as Natasha brought her to climax after climax with her strong and steady hands. And that's the end of Chapter 10. Come back next time 
when we'll see how Honor is doing after the night's festivities. Chapters of the House of Bellevue will be released once per week for 51 weeks. If you'd like to listen to the story faster, all three books are available now on Amazon and Audible. To find out more about these characters and their world, please visit www.authorlcwilliams.com. Natalie Goldberg said, If you are not afraid of the voices inside you, you will not fear the critics outside you. So, let's see what the voices have been telling me this week. It's time for the Weekly Writing Report. This update covers the week of April 30th through May 6th. I wrote 3,777 words this week, over the course of five hours, for an average writing speed of 755 words per hour. I wrote on three out of seven days this week. Looking back at the month of April, I wrote a total of 8,601 words in 11 days, averaging 781 words per day. I spent 13 hours writing in April. Compared to March, my word count decreased by 20%, and my writing time decreased by 22%. This week I finally made some big, substantive progress on Out of the Shadows. I'm deep into Chapter 7, with the end of the story in sight, just giving the characters one or two final complications to unravel, and then we'll be ready to move into the denouement. The manuscript is now over 18,000 words. Over on the Patreon feed, we have a new patron this month. Please welcome Ramon. If you like this show and want to help me keep making it, becoming a patron is the very best way to support me. Your monthly donations go to pay for things like web hosting, podcast distribution, the L.C. Williams mailing list, cover designs, and exclusive bonus art. For just $3 a month, you can get access to the first drafts of my stories as I'm writing them, along with sneak peeks, cover reveals, character bios, and other cool stuff. At higher reward tiers, you can get free ebooks, audiobooks, or signed paperbacks, or even sign up to get monthly one-on-one coaching sessions on your writing. To get started, go to patreon.com slash author Chris Lester. Take a look at the donation tiers and choose the one that's right for you. Big thanks to everyone who's already a patron. You help keep this show running. If you'd like to share your thoughts about the show, send your feedback in text or audio to metamorecityfeedback at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, dial area code 641-715-3900 then enter extension 255082, followed by the pound sign. My Facebook is facebook.com slash author Chris Lester, the fan group is fans of Metamore City on Facebook, and our Discord server is Metamore City. I'm there pretty often, so come say hi. If you like this show, please consider leaving a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser.com. It really helps people find the show. That's all for this week. I'll be back next time with more fresh new fiction. Until then, keep it on the bright side. This is Chris Lester, signing out. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2022 
by Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. The show is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. So don't change it, don't sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. For more information about this license, please visit creativecommons.org.